Blog Talk Radio. I'm Raina Stark, so you don't have to be. It's hard enough for me to do it. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show, so bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you. This is not the show for you, but you know that's why you tuned in. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Guess what, y'all? The limited edition Wicked Witch Mojo candles are back in stock. I don't know for how long. So if you're going to get them, you better go get them because it's limited edition time and you know they don't last all that long. So check out WickedWitchStudios.com. Get the link on the social media page on Facebook. WickedWitchStudios.com limited edition candles. All your favorites are back. St. Dorothy the Wicked, Hot Damn, Stream Badass, and Rich Bitch. Because God damn it, don't we all need a little extra cash right now? As usual. Anyway, okay. So, for the hour, with me as always, first Friday, it is Thousand Night. Hello, my friend. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going out there? It's going. Hey, hey. What's happening? So, so what's going what on with the that? writing first? You know, I like to talk about the writing first, and uh, we will close with that as well. But tell me what you're up to right now with the writing. Well, I am still gearing up. I'm getting ready to finish book three of The Sorceress. It's a little bit on hiatus because we've got the last two or three-week push to move into the new house. Uh, any of you, hey. any folks out there who are friends with me on Facebook saw I've been posting pictures of us painting the living room. We've got a lovely turquoise color going in there. And basically, I'm going to be spending all my free time uh, sorting, packing, and cleaning. However, also what's going on, though, and I think people are going to have some fun with, there are going to be some new characters debuting very soon. And these are new characters that I've come up with lately, uh, including... A, uh, in, including a particular demon who doesn't want to torture the souls of, of the dead, but they keep insisting. He keeps being sought out by fundamentalist Christian ghosts who die, and they just demand that he torture them, and he's kind of sick of it. He kind of he tries to hide from them. So all kinds of fun stuff like that. Uh, always snarky, always sarcastic, uh, and, of course, uh, we are, we got big things coming up, though. I'm doing a... I'm doing a special edition of the first two copies of the first two books in the uh, series, The Sorceress and The Witch. And uh, and when The Queen comes out, all three books are going to be available in hardback for the first time. Woo! We're going to be doing hard, yeah, hardback copies of this. And uh, let me tell you something, folks, too. I'm also gearing up. I'm starting to gather some stuff. I'm prepping. I'm getting ready to launch, of course, both of my new podcasts are going to be coming up after I move. I'm going to be starting the Pagan Pundit 
podcast. Of course, I am not going anywhere from here. I'm still going to be on Desperate House Witches every single month. But this is going to be for people who want to hear a little bit more timely stuff. You want to hear me comment on what's going on in the news that week. Uh, It's always going to be snarky. I do want to debut a uh, special feature of the political podcast in just a moment. Uh, But also, I now have a name for my spiritual podcast. It is going to be called The Crossroads, a podcast about uh, the occult spirituality. So there you go. Um, But no, uh, one of the things coming up on the Pagan Pundit podcast is the debut of ABS, the ABS News Network. ABS stands for all bullshit. Basically, I wanted to come up with my own version of Newsmax or OAN. You know, these things that come up with something that their audience is going to like. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Only I'm not going to hide behind the false veneer of respectability. I'm going to declare that the ABS News Network is all bullshit all the time. Uh, and, for example, I've got a few uh, a few breaking news stories. One I put out on my Twitter the other day about embattled uh, Republican Representative George uh, uh, George Santos. I, uh, I almost said George Soros, but, you know, he's probably going to uh, claim to be him next. Uh, but, you know, George Santos, Anthony DeVolder, um, you know, Spartacus, whatever the fuck he's going by these days. Uh, that uh, basically it'll be the format of, and this just handed to me a bulletin from ABS News, George Santos is now declaring that he is, in fact, Jimmy Hoffa, the former leader of the Teamsters who disappeared in 1975. He claims that his useful appearance is because of talented CIA plastic surgeons using technology from Jewish space lasers. We will bring you more developments on this story as it comes into ABS News, ABS all bullshit, all the time. And uh, that's just going to be one of the many fun things that we do on the Pagan Pundit podcast. So lots of things coming up in 2023. Yay. Very excited. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Yes. So, yes. What the hell? What the hell is going on? I mean, really, Trump <laughs> is back out on the campaign trail. I'm having visions of 2016. <laughs> I'm getting nauseous. Oh. I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting nervous. You know me. What's up? <laughs> Chicken Little, go ahead and put your helmet away because the sky's not falling, not yet. Uh, it's, uh, basically, I thought that was fucking great. I love seeing Donald Trump get back out on the campaign trail because of the big downgrade that happened to one of his big kickoff events in South Carolina. Originally, it was being billed as a rally, the first rally of the Trump 2024 election campaign, the first big-time rally, and come together, we're going to celebrate treason and all this shit. And yet, right yeah. before the event happened, the, the press was notified that it was not, in fact, a rally, that it was an intimate event with Donald Trump. Because the problem is, is that Donald Trump these days is drawing slightly less people than a Creed and Nickelback reunion tour, okay? I'm just, you know, it, it's what, I mean, even though I love Nickelback, let's face it, nobody wants to see them go out on the road with Scott Stapp and, and Creed. Um, 
it, yeah. it's really it, it, it's it's really hilarious to see it just get so fucking downgraded. And these are not like local Republican officials who are coming to these things either. These are literally people who think that Donald Trump is still running the military because he's still technically president. I don't know if you saw Jonathan Klepper's latest foray into the intimate event that happened, but get out on the Daily Show. It's fucking hilarious, these people. Uh, and the hell of it is, is that who you're not seeing on the campaign trail this time. You're not seeing Ivanka. Uh, you're not seeing Jared. You're not even seeing Eric, for fuck's sake. I mean, that's like that's like throwing a party and having Beavis and Butthead say that it sounds too stupid for them when Eric Trump won't show up at something. And yes, he does look like Beavis. I realize that, but uh, you know, I—it's just, oh my, the, the the incredibly, oh my God, it's just incredible to see what's going on. I mean, he's starting to take swipes at Ron DeSantis, um, and what I think is hilarious. Take a look at Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers is taking all of the best jabs at Ron DeSantis's name and claiming them before Donald Trump can use them. He's already called him. Um, uh, Ron Celine Dion DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis's middle name is Dion, by the way. So uh, Seth Meyers oh. is already calling him Ron Celine Dion DeSantis. So, <laughs> uh, but it, it's hilarious. Oh. He's already taken swipes at DeSantis. Um, DeSantis is still not taking swipes back. He sees that Trump is flailing, uh, and it's it's hilarious to watch this play out because the Republicans know that they've got a loser this time. They're not going to be able to eke out a 2016 again for a lot of reasons. One of the big reasons being that in 2024, that is eight years after 2016. And in the last eight years, thousands and thousands of Gen Z people have hit voting age. And these kids are voting. They're voting in big numbers, and they're voting against maggots. So they're they're voting against MAGA and the entire MAGA cult. Even if they have their difficulties with the Democrats, they're not fucking morons. They know that yeah, the Democrats aren't perfect. It's it's like uh, Barney Frank used to say, "We're not perfect, but the other side's nuts." And the Gen Z knows that that's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Um, and yeah. I mean, look at this. They they lost the the popular vote in 2016. Only eked out a win in the Electoral College. Uh, they've, Donald Trump has lost them in uh, elections in 2018. He lost in 2020. He lost them elections in 2022. Every time they try to follow this guy's playbook and play to his base, they are turning off independent voters. They're turning off suburban Republican voters. Uh, and they're just increasing the exodus. Uh, it's really seen a partying collapse. And they can still do plenty of damage on their way out the door. we still got to remain vigilant. Yeah. But they, they know yeah. they've got a loser. But the thing is, any Republicans with courage left the party when Trump got the nomination in 2016. Those Republicans who had a backbone, uh, they left the party right. in 2016. And the ones that didn't leave then left on January 6, 2021. Okay, any Republican with a backbone, they're gone. They're, you know, George Will, uh, Joe Scarborough, all those people, they're gone. Yeah. They don't, you know, they call that their former party. 
Um, and the people who are left are all people who are basically reduced to sitting around hoping that Donald Trump dies. That's literally what their, that's their plan for getting out of Trump's shadow is saying, well, he's old, he's not healthy, he's got a terrible diet, he can't live forever. That is literally one of the game plans in the RNC right now. And the RNC, they've lost, they've lost uh, three, four elections in a row. They've only won the popular vote in the presidential uh, election in this century one time. And yet they reelect Ron McDaniel uh, as the head of the RNC. Now, the people running against her were fucking whack jobs. One of them was my pillow guy, Mike Lindell. But right. still, the idea is, is that when you're losing and you're losing over and over again, you've got to change course. You've got to get new leadership. And they're not doing that. They're just, they just keep trying to grind the same playbook. Uh, because, like I said last time, the Republican Party is not a governing party anymore. They are not a policy party. They are a troll party. The only policy guys left are the, guy, are the Senate Republicans, and they're finding out that it's a very, very lonely place to be a Republican in the Senate these days because the Republicans in the House are sucking up all the media oxygen in the town. And they are the troll caucus. They are the troll party. They don't have ideas. They don't have policies. All they want to do is, quote, unquote, own the libs and piss off yeah. the other side. And that is not a – that's a strategy that can get you nominated, but it can't get you elected. That is something that the Democrats found out over and over again. You nominate somebody who is ideologically pure with your base, and they cannot close the deal. And the right. Republican base is so whacked out now. We're not even talking about appealing to McGovern voters in the early 70s. We're talking, you know, Barry Goldwater on meth, these people. So um, they know, and, and you look at these guys, you look at Mitch McConnell, and you can just see it in his face. He knows the whole fucking thing is falling apart. There's no way they keep the House in 2024. That is not going to happen. Um, the fact that they took it, in 2022 was more because of incompetence with New York Democrats than it was anything the Republican Party did right. And the Democratic Party is already stepping in and kicking ass and taking names in the New York Democratic Party, so that shit's not going to happen again. Um, <laughs> so, McCon And McConnell has seen his own chances of ever being majority leader again slip away because of the fact that if he, you know, if he puts his thumb on the scale to try to nominate electable Republicans, then millions and millions of dollars gets thrown into challenges from the right. And he winds up depleting all of his money in the primaries and has nothing left to take on the Democrats in the general to try to take the Senate. You, he can see the whole thing's fucking falling apart. Um, and there's really nothing they can do. And, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of horror stories. Let me, let me warn people one thing real quick before we, uh, you know, yeah. change any tax here. You're going to be hearing a lot of horror stories about a lot of bills being passed by the House of Representatives. And they're going to be yeah. the most extreme, fucked up, whack job bills that you've seen. I mean, I, I mean, we can talk about a couple here in a minute, but it is really, really far out there. 
it's to the point where even Dick Cheney is telling them, come on, guys, backpedal. Uh, that's fucking Darth Vader. Wow. Um, but, you, but the thing is, is that, and you know, every news source is going to write it like this bill got passed by the house. And if it gets, and if it gets, if it becomes law, then, you know, all this will happen. The thing is, it's not nothing that the house passes that they like is going to become law. It's going to be DOA in the Senate. And let me tell you a lot of, and Mitch McConnell is not going to be advocating for these bills to get a shake. So these bills come to the Senate and they die because Chuck Schumer's not even going to entertain the thought of even sending them to a committee. And Mitch McConnell's going to be saying, thank you, Chuck. I needed that because these are fucking ridiculous. And you know what? Even if somebody spiked uh, the Senate coffee pot with PCP and one of these things passed there, Joe is not going to fucking sign these whack job bills. So don't work yourselves into a lather because the Republicans are going to pass a bill to DNA fingerprint every woman and, and, and just so that they can make sure that they don't mix with other races from other countries or something like that. They may pass it in the House, but it ain't fucking going anywhere. And all they're doing is they're writing the commercials for the Democrats in 2024 for them. So you're going to see a lot of scare headlines, a lot of clickbaity yeah. headlines. You're even going to find yes. talking heads who will say, well, it's not likely, but you never know when Washington. But no, no. Okay. The Senate Democrats aren't going to entertain it. The Senate Republicans aren't even going to entertain a lot of this shit, and Joe ain't going to. So when you hear this whacked out shit coming out of the House, just picture in your mind the attack ad that we're going to be able to use to take out these motherfuckers in 2024. <laughs> they write themselves. <laughs> well, yes and yes. But, yeah. again, and you've heard me say this nine million times, Trump made anything possible. Right. Do we actually need to start thinking about the next leadership for the Democratic Party? Because, you know, Joe, we, love, we love Uncle Joe. He's not going to last forever. And, you know, right. even if he stays in perfect health, he's only got four more years. So are, is there anybody out on the horizon that we can be grooming, that is being groomed, to actually take over a top spot? Because it seems to be a Democratic struggle to find a compelling enough figure to take on the wackadoos. <laughs> hey, you know what? I got two words for you. Hakeem Jeffries. This guy is yes. a rising star. And, and speakers of the House aren't known to become president. It's not normally a track. But you know what? Neither's being a reality show host either. And Hakeem Jeffries yeah. has that Obama vibe to it. He has that ability to connect with people, the ability to put things in language that everybody can understand that is still in complete sentences. Uh, oh, God, I miss competent oratory. I love you, Joe, but you, you can't compete with Barack on oratory. Okay. But anyway, um, okay, that's one. Uh, you know, I still think that you're going to wind up seeing, I think in a second Biden administration, we're going to be seeing Kamala Harris coming out 
a lot more. There, she is doing a lot of stuff in the background right now because she's trying to help repair a lot of the damage done by the sheer incompetence of the people that Trump had in the executive branch. And there is shit going on that, you know, you don't want to know the details of, not because they're gruesome, but because they're fucking tedious. But literally, it's like rebuilding entire sections of the government. There are entire departments that never got staffed all four years of Trump's administration because he couldn't find anybody loyal enough to him, i.e. anybody who would pay him off enough to give them the job. Um, So, you know, but that's the thing is, like, the second term for her is going to be a time for her to come out and do a lot more bold uh, policy stuff, uh, taking more of a leadership position. Uh, We also have some people like Adam Schiff out in California. That's another guy who I think I think he's going to wind up being a vice presidential candidate first, uh, but he's that kind of wonky vice presidential type that can really charm a lot of the uh, media intelligentsia and really make things smoother sailing for, say, a more controversial choice like a President Kamala Harris or President Hakeem Jeffries because, you know, again, just because we got Barack Obama through doesn't mean that getting through another person of color with a non-European name is necessarily going to be a cakewalk either. Um, but, uh, you know, Adam Schiff could easily be the next president, uh, Joe Biden, uh, because, you know, knowing Washington and being able to say, look, you know, <laughs> I've been here a few more years. Let me, you know, let, let me deal with these assholes for you like Joe did with, uh, with Barack a lot with the Senate. Um, but there's a lot of people. There are, oh, God, um, the names are farting out of my head right now because I'm smoking this strain called Pink Search. And it's a beautiful strain, but <laughs> doesn't do great things for short-term memory. Anyway, um, there, there's actually a lot of people coming up, especially the millennial, uh, the millennial Democrats, believe it or not, because, yeah, a lot of the Gen Z Democrats, are kind of like brash and out there and can scare the older folks sometimes. And you've got Gen X Democrats who can be uh, sometimes just as stuck in the past as some of the folks from the greatest or boomer generations older than them. But there are millennial Democrats coming up too that just kind of get it. They just kind of get the idea of, you know, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, yeah, we should do these things for altruistic reasons, but if you can put it across to people why we should do things and give them a more bread and butter reason for doing it, go ahead and do that. You know, you don't have to make someone fall in love with the policy to get them to agree with it. That's one of the problems we have on the left a lot. We may fall in love with something like universal basic income or uh, universal free tuition to universities and all that, and we may talk altruistically about how it is our – responsibility to our citizens to enrich their lives and yada, yada, yada. But if you come up to people and say, Europe's kicking our ass economically because they got more college-educated people and we don't, we need to change it, that can win people. And there's a new generation of Democrats who are using very straightforward, persuasive arguments where they're not going to convince you to join the Socialist Democratic Party, but they will get you down with the idea of not letting people starve to death uh, regularly in the country, that kind of thing. And so there's a lot of folks out there, but I'm telling you, the 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 more the Democrat, the more the the Republicans fall apart, the more the Democrats yeah. are looking like 
smooth and organized and competent, and it makes me a little scared. I'm afraid that I'm going to wake up and this has been a really long DMT trip or something like that. But uh, there's some great people. There's some great people on the horizon, and um, I'm really excited at some of the folks coming up. I really think that, um, um, I mean, some, you know, some of uh, my brain is farting. Um, I do know that uh, we are going to wind up getting Stacey Abrams elected governor of Georgia. You watch. We got four years. Yay. We're going to make it happen. Uh, and that's I the thing, so. too, is that the millennials, in, and the younger Gen Xers in the Democratic Party are starting to invest in the states again. That is the big mistake that I think uh, Obama did when his people came in, is they abandoned Howard Dean's 50-state strategy. And that's really how he right. elected Barack Obama, by going down to the grassroots, by fighting for every race, every precinct, not letting a single state legislative office go uncontested, uh, and really developing a good deep bench. And there are things going on. There are things going on in Georgia. There are party building things going on in Texas. There is incredible things going on in Arizona. Uh, you know, just building up the party and bringing up a new generation of black leaders and uh, Latinx leaders and Asian American leaders within the party. Um, and it's just, you know, when we're getting out of the realm of boring white guy in a suit, there's actually a lot of really exciting people out there. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes open, especially, especially once they start, uh, once they start seeing who's running uh, for Senate in 2024. Because some of these House people running for Senate are wanting to go House, Senate, White House, like Barack Obama did. So I think that's what Adam Schiff wants to do. And watch other people yeah. running for Senate in 2024, and that'll tell you also who to watch for. Well, I mean, and that's confidence boosting. I mean, you seem pretty confident and positive that Joe's going to get um, another term. Oh, I don't think, you know, I don't think that uh, – I mean, I'm not going to say that there's no question he's going to because we've all learned – that definitive statements can bite you in the ass. But let me tell you, this is not oh, yeah. 2016. That's what people have got to remember. This is not 2016. Yeah. We were caught napping. All of us were. I was confident. Everybody was caught napping on that one. Uh, we were blind to Russian manipulation. They tried in 2020. Yeah. You see how well the Russian manipulation worked in 2020? It didn't really. Yeah. Um, no. Although, you watch. I have a feeling that pretty soon you're going to start seeing unsavory things about Ron DeSantis surfacing, and it's going to be coming from Putin. Because Putin would love to see – you see, Putin doesn't love Trump. He loves what Trump does to American institutions. And if Putin can't yeah. do anything on his way out the door in Russia other than destroy one of the two parties in America, he'll settle for the Republicans. Um, so that's going to start happening soon. Um, but the thing is, is that – Everything the Republicans are going to be doing for the next two years is designed to drive people away from them. Because remember those wackadoodle bills we were talking about that are going to come out of the House? The first one that yeah. they brought up for debate was this act that would abolish the IRS, abolish all income taxes, 
on the federal level and replace it with a national 30% sales tax. Uh, So basically, get rid of all taxes on rich people uh, and middle-class people, but mainly all taxes on rich people, and then people who buy retail make it up. And rich people, by the way, folks, find ways to buy wholesale. They don't pay sales tax a lot of the time. So in other words, Jeff Bezos gets to stop paying taxes, and uh, the people who are barely scraping by get to. And just to give you an idea of what that means, you know, let's say you're a broke person, you're buying a used car, the most you can afford is a $3,000 used car. Under the Republican plan, that car is going to cost you $3,900, almost $4,000, $900 in sales tax, just so... Uh, just so Elon Musk doesn't have to pay American taxes. That's the first bill. This bill has been rattling around in the Republican Party, in the wackadoodle caucus, for 20 years. They've never brought it to the floor for a debate because no Republican leader has ever been that stupid to bring that kind of a bill up for debate on the floor of the House. But Kevin McCarthy has to. He sold his soul to get the speakership. He can't block yeah, any stupid shit from yeah. coming to the floor for a vote. Um, and let me tell you something. Um, when, when George W. Bush announced a run for president in 1999, going into the 2000 race, uh, his big strategist was a guy named Carl Rove. And um, one of the – Joe Scarborough was talking to Carl Rove when they were getting ready. Joe Scarborough was was getting ready to head out of Washington at that point. He had had enough. Uh, And he he asked Carl Rove, he's like, what do you think about the way we rode Newt Gingrich out of town on a rail after he screwed up the last election? And Carl Rove said, well, you know what? I'm really happy that I don't have to run against Newt Gingrich. Because Newt Gingrich caught a lot of headlines. He was the original Republican political troll. He knew just how to piss people off in a way to grab all the headlines. But the thing is is that that's the kind of thing that gets used against somebody at the top of the ticket, like running for president. Like, because then they always have to wind up, instead of talking about their agenda and their policies, they wind up being asked about whatever wackadoodle thing that Newt Gingrich said lately. So Carl Rose said the best thing that the Republicans could have done to help George W. Bush get elected was get rid of Newt Gingrich. Uh, but the thing is, is that right. Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, yeah, like the Republican Party's going to vote for her anyway. But any one of them with the nomination, um, you know, it's they are going to have to run not against Joe Biden. They're going to have to run against Matt Gates. They're going to have to run against Lauren Boebert. They're going to have to run against Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene who in a hearing yesterday claimed that a school system in Indiana got $5.2 billion, an elementary school got $5.2 billion to teach critical race theory. This was her number. And I'm thinking, what did they do? Teach these kids that critical race theory is good by giving them a Rolls Royce? I mean, literally, that's what it would have taken. And that, I mean, I can hear, again, I can see the political ad for the guy who's going to run against Marjorie Taylor Greene saying this is, you know, 
This is, you know, and you hear the clown music. Do, 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 do. Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks that you're an idiot because she doesn't even bother fact-checking herself before she talks. You know, that kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, literally, I mean, this is the stuff that the next Republican nominee is going to have to run against. They're going to have to run against Jim Jordan. They're going to have to run against a bill that Marjorie Taylor Greene is proposing that would create a national database of American women to make sure that they didn't travel across state lines to obtain an abortion. I am not shitting wow. you. This and this bill wow. is going to come to the floor of the House to be debated. And the Democrats are going to start writing the ads. Republicans want to create, a, you know, Republicans won't register handguns, but they'll register women's bodies. I can see the ad now. This is what the next Republican is going to have to run against. And let me tell you something. If you want to see someone make every single one of these points, watch Joe Scarborough, watch Morning Joe when he starts ripping the Republican Party. He's merciless with them. And let me tell you something. Joe Scarborough is still an apologist for Republican policies of the 90s and early 2000s, all the bullshit tax cuts and all that. I'm not pretending that he's all of a sudden a great guy who's on our side. But he is completely—he's right. a pragmatist, and he is completely disgusted with the clown show in the Republican Party. He has officially resigned the party, and he will tell you that at every opportunity. Yeah. And he just rips them a new one. And you know what he's doing? This is brilliant too. There is a certain amount of suburban Republicans um, who are the ones to watch when these people start to desert the party. It's over because the only reason they've been able to keep some of these house seats that they have is suburban Republicans. Suburban Republicans were what a lot of these districts were gerrymandered to work in because it was a really good, dependable voting base for them. A lot of them are college educated, uh, and even if they're not, they tend to they do well enough that they live in a nice suburb. And these are the voters that. Um, are in the biggest danger right now of being completely left behind. Now, again, anybody who's still in the Republican Party, you know they're racist, because even if they're not never going to call someone an N-word, they're fine with other people who do. And that's a form of racism in and of itself. It's passive racism. Sure. So, you know, the, yeah. you know, they may be racist, they may be misogynistic, they may be homophobic, but they're not performative in these things. These things aren't the most important things to them. The most important things to them is their little slice of the pie, their savings, their salary, their home in the suburbs, and their sense of normalcy. And the only way that yeah. Republicans have been able to hold on to these people for this long is the whole sense of normalcy. A lot of these folks are, you know, our age and older, um, and yeah. these are folks who are raised with the world being a certain way. And, you know, when they hear yeah. some of the younger progressives talk about things like, uh, you know, uh, defunding the police uh, but as reorganization type thing, or when they talk about things, even getting rid of the filibuster, it makes these people feel uneasy because, again, it's just the way things have always been. And, yeah, they may be racist, sexist, homophobic, but, again, the motivating force for them isn't that. They're not performative. They're not even the people who are going to be posting this shit on their Facebook. They're not your obnoxious uncle who starts spouting Trump shit at Thanksgiving. These are the people, you look at their Facebook, they're going to be posting 
things bitching about their local sports franchises. They're going to be doing dude stuff, a lot of this stuff. Or they're going to be doing, the women are going to be doing Republican housewife Pinterest boards and shit like that on social media. These are the non-performative Republicans. And they've been held on by this idea of Democrats want to change everything and we want to keep things the way you're used to. But Joe Scarborough is nailing everything at these people right now because there are three things that the Republicans in our generation and older were raised on, three ideas, three bedrock ideas that's kind of at the core of their political identity. Um, One, deficit's bad. Um, Two, um, you know, deficit's bad. Two, U.S. good, best nation in the world, uh, shining city on the hill. We're best in everything, even the stuff that we suck at. You know, and number three, uh, police are good. These are the three bedrocks. Deficit's bad. America good. Support the police. Because a lot of these folks are in the economic sphere that if they call the cops, the cops are going to come. They're going to help them. They're going to be polite because, you know, they're a certain economic level. They're white. They're hetero. They're, you know, they're all the things, the, the levels of privilege that get you decent treatment by the police in this country. Um, and yet, Joe Scarborough every day is going on about how the Republicans uh, put more debt in the deficit in the four years of Donald Trump's presidency than every president before him combined. This is something that he hammers all the time, literally. The amount the Trump tax cuts for the ultra-wealthy ballooned the debt more than the other 44 presidents before him combined in the entire history of the U.S. Um, that's amazing. And he, he, and, I, yeah. I mean, that's startling. That's a startling it number. It is. And Scarborough hammers that home every time. Boom, first thing, deficit's bad. But Trump and these MAGA Republicans balloon the deficit. Number two, America number one. And yet you see Republicans who are pissed off at the FBI doing their job at Donald Trump. And so they're saying things like defund the FBI, abolish the IRS, uh, you know, abolish the Department of Education, abolish this, abolish that. And again, normalcy. You know, it's like, but wait a second, the FBI, who's going to deal with kids? Who's going to do this, that, the other thing? Um, again, these are not doctrine, these are These are not performative Republicans. Um, and Joe Scarborough hammers that. And, again, uh, the fact that you had these MAGA Republicans on January 6th beating up Capitol Police officers with American flags, and the fact that when Congress honored the Capitol Police who died on January 6th, only one Republican showed up, and Scarborough hammers that over and over again. And, again, that whole thing of the older Republicans – Support police. That's one of the tenets that they've been raised on. And that's why he's hammering it. I see what he's doing. It's brilliant. It's all the people who used to vote for him when he was a a mainstream Republican. And he knows how they think and he knows what's important to them. And he's hammering these points home every single day on his show. So there are so many ways that this is not 2016. Let me count them. Uh, but let me tell you, when you see these suburban Republicans start to peel away, and they're not going to yeah. go and immediately vote for Democrats, they're just going to stay home. 
They're the reason why Raphael Warnock won in Georgia, okay? Because yeah. they stayed home. They don't like ma- they don't like role politics. They want normalcy. They want Bob Dole. They they even want Newt Gingrich. They want Joe Scarborough. They're not getting it. So, you know, that's just you know. So again, these people are starting to peel when they start defecting in large numbers and just don't show up to vote anymore. That's when you're going to see half of these gerrymandered districts turn blue because half of these gerrymandered districts are not deep red. Half of these gerrymandered districts are ones where the Republican wins by two points, three points. It's enough and it's dependable and it happens every time. But these suburban Republicans start staying home and those, those, even those gerrymandered seats fall. So again, and everything that the Troll Caucus is going to be doing for the next two years are going to be the very things that make these suburban Republicans uneasy. So, again, watch this space. But when these people vote, it's over for the Republican Party. Then we're going to have a couple of election cycles with unified Democratic rule. And after that, the Democratic Party will probably split into two factions, and that'll be a, the, the new two-party system, like the progressives versus the moderates. And the wackadoodles will go off and do what they used to do before, which is rant to each other in these small groups where the racists won't talk to the anti-Semites who don't think the, homo- the homophobes are strong enough, and it all becomes the uh, Palestinian People's Party from Monty Python after a while. So, again, watch this space. <laughs> it's not like these people can't do damage on their way out, but a lot of the stupid shit the house is going to do over the next two years it's literally watching them doing squat thrusts in a cucumber patch without lube so they're doing it to well, themselves. i mean and it's, <laughs> it's not even it's it's not even about the house sometimes you know what amazes me is that DeSantis thinks he's part of the normal republican party and he's clearly not i mean you know the guy is oh, trying yeah. to rewrite history and thus rewrite the education system. You know, I had a big talk about this yesterday on the 415 about, you know, there's fact and then there's fiction. And things that happen, verifiable facts, are facts. And everything else is bullshit. And the fact that DeSantis thinks he's part of the normal party is kind of frightening because I'm sure that there are some former Trump loyalists who are looking at DeSantis saying, well, we're probably not going to get Trump again because there's enough against him that they're going to flock to DeSantis. But you don't think that's going to happen. Well, the thing about DeSantis, DeSantis is, okay, the, the name Ron DeSantis is Florida speak for Chris Christie. I don't know if you remember before yeah. the two, before, uh, you know, the uh, whatever, two, 2012, 2016, everybody kept talking about Chris Christie being this big heavyweight because he was a guy who kept winning a Republican who won in Democratic-leaning New Jersey, and he won by big margin. Right. So they're like, ah, he can, right. he can appeal to Democrats. He can da-da-da. He's this big regional force. As soon as he set foot out onto a national stage, he face-planted. He face-planted like Trump trying to do the Macarena, okay? And it's like (laughs) Ron DeSantis is the same thing. 
Ron DeSantis goes over great in Florida politics because you've got a strong machismo element, even in independent and uh, conservative Democratic leaning voters. Uh, in a lot, you know, and and his kind of bluster and his style works in Florida because Florida, you know, there's there's a reason why Florida man is an internet internet meme. Let's face it, um, but it's not going to work on the national stage because there's one thing that Donald Trump has. Uh, that it pains me to say, but the guy does have charisma. He does have the ability when he wants to. I have read accounts yeah. of people saying that when he wants to charm you, he can completely charm you. He can, comp- you know, he can snow, you know, in, in the days before we knew what he was really like, he could really snow people under. He had a tremendous amount of personal charisma. Ron DeSantis does not have an iota of that personal charisma. See, right now, he is being marketing himself as Trump without the baggage. That's kind of his his nom de plume. Yeah, uh, and he does, and he yeah. doesn't want to piss off Trump's base, so he's not attacking Trump directly yet. He's trying to out Trump Trump, and he has the uh, platform being the governor to do things that Trump isn't able to do. And the thing is, is that it's performing quite well with the Republican base. But remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene performs well with the Republican base. The Republican Party has shrunk to the point where their dependable voting base represents maybe 15% of the American electorate total these days. If you don't get those other non-base Republicans voting for you, uh, it's really not going to happen. And he's appealing to the base really well, but he's not doing anything of substance. Um, literally, he, he came out with this idea of, oh, we're going to get rid of state tax on gas stoves, even though Florida has fewer gas stoves than any other state in the United States. Um, right. Because they don't have the gas You know, and it's like, it, it, it's, it's not substantive. It's performative. He doesn't have the yeah. style of Trump. He can't throw an insult and make it sound funny um, to, you know, a certain degree of the people. Trump will jab people and he'll make his audience laugh. DeSantis doesn't really get laughs. He doesn't get, you know, it's it's not the same thing. And DeSantis would have his ass handed to him on stage by Joe Biden uh, in a debate because, again, that whole complete sentences thing. The hell of it is the Ron DeSantis is as close as you're going to get to somebody who is, uh, a Republican star who's interested in entering the fray. Nobody who really could make a play for the presidency in an old-fashioned... See, a lot of the people in the party are looking for an old-fashioned Republican campaign. They want John McCain or Mitt Romney, but John McCain's dead, and Mitt Romney yeah. is as far out of the mainstream of the Republican Party as it's possible to get. The fact that he's got a secure place in the Senate is because Mormons fucking hate Trump. Um, one thing I'll say for Mormons. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, they don't have people because the people who have gravitas don't want to get involved in this clown show. And so the people who are talking about running against Trump right now are Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo. I really don't see Pompeo fever washing over even the Republican electorate, okay? I really don't see Pompeo fever as being a headline, even on fucking Newsmax, okay? Uh, and so you've got Ron DeSantis as his closest safe shot to a viable guy, and that 
sad because that's like saying, well, our best hope is, you know, is uh, fucking Barney Frank. If you remember Barney Frank, smart guy, didn't yeah. really go over with a lot of America. Um, but, you know, that's like, that's like the Democrats saying, you know, our biggest hope on the horizon is to resurrect Joe Lieberman. I mean, literally. Um, wow. And yet that's all they got. I don't know who else is going to get involved. If DeSantis keeps drawing blood, some other people may jump in. But I think by the time anybody else jumps in, it's going to be just a lot of people are going to have tuned out because it's going to be ridiculous. Most of the people I think watching the Republican debates are going to be Democrats who want to clip it for their next attack ad, basically, <laughs> whoever wins. Well, let me ask you, you know, the Republican, the debates are always in question because you never know when somebody's just going to say, I don't want to debate, and then they don't show up, and then there's no debate. Right. I see that and as a real possibility. You, and, you know, how it is is that um, Katie Hobbs out in Arizona, um, she did a smart thing because people were, even people in the establishment were saying that, oh, you know, she should debate Kari Lake uh, because not doing so will make her look cowardly, make her look like she doesn't want to face her. But the Democrats, you know, she knew that going against Kari Lake is not going to get her anywhere because it's the old adage of don't play chess against a pigeon because they'll knock the pieces over, shit on the board, and strut around like they want anyway. There was nothing she was going right. to get by debating Kari Lake in an open forum. So she's like, no, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to get anywhere. My people are going to say I won. Her people are going to say she won. And the media is going to try to find some soundbite that they can turn into a news story, and you never know which way that's going to blow. Um, so, you know, there's right. going to be plenty of Republicans who are going to make the same gamble, saying, you know what, we're not going to go into the clown show. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, DeSantis pulls a stunt, like, as soon as Trump says he's going to be in a debate, DeSantis decides, well, I don't like that debate. That debate's done by the Washington Swamp. I'm going to hold my own debate and invite all the other people to come to my debate instead. And then you're going to have a war as to which debates are going to go to, and that's going to be the story is the pissing match, and nothing of substance is going to be talked about. Um, And it's going to be a fucking clown show, like I said. So, again, pop your corn, folks. Roll up a fatty, because it's going to be entertaining. And we just got to keep remembering. We got to keep organizing. We got to keep registering people. Um, But there's going to come a point where it's going to become fun. Uh, But, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, folks, and know that, you know, again, don't get swayed by the noise coming out of Washington. The fact of the matter is nothing's going to happen legislatively for the next two years. Kevin McCarthy is probably not going to be Speaker of the House this time next year. I have no idea who is going to be. Um, I, uh, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see some Republican defections to the Democratic Party before the 2024 election actually happens uh, because, again, Kevin McCarthy is taking his thumb off the scales, and any MAGA Republican who wants to challenge any Republican from the right is going to have free reign. And some of those guys from Biden districts, there's 18 Republicans who won in districts that Biden won in 2020. Any one of them could decide, fuck it, I'm out of here, and switch parties. You never know. By this time next year, we could be talking to Speaker Jeffrey. Wow. That would be ultra cool. I think it would give our party a lot of confidence as well. 
you know. And oh, I, yeah, I and I'd have to... I, I think no, he's harder than somebody who just ate 20 pot brownies and is watching uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be – and here's the thing. For a change, I could actually see something like that happen because, as you mentioned earlier, Kevin McCarthy has sold his soul to so many people, there's mm-hmm. hardly anything left. And I think that he is going, you know, when the Piper comes to collect that debt, as he fucking will, uh, Kevin's going to be assless, <laughs> you know? How is he oh. going to satisfy all of the promises that he made and still keep any sense of leadership? I mean, I don't even think he's really the leader now. Oh, he's not. And let me tell you something. How pathetic is it? that Kevin McCarthy had to seat George Santos, remember him from the beginning, he had to seat him on two committees. They were minor committees, but he had to do it. Why? He can't lose Santos's vote. He can't lose anybody's vote. At any moment, Matt Gates or Lauren Boebert or any of them could decide to call for a vote of no confidence in Kevin McCarthy and start the entire spectacle of voting for the speaker over again. He can't afford to lose George Santos. And, oh, by the way, I'm being handed a news a news break from ABS News. It seems that George Santos Yay. has come out and said that he is indeed the real Slim Shady. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was ABS News all bullshit we all the time. <laughs> I, I was wondering if we were going to get a news flash of, of that sort. And, uh, wow, okay. Well, you know what? Restoring confidence like you do in all places at all times. Uh, let's get ready to wrap. Tell folks about your writing one more time and where they can find you, and we can close out for this month. Yeah, you can get uh, books one and two of the Sorcerer Saga at Amazon. It's available in Kindle ebook as well as paperback. Hardback editions are coming. Uh, both books are also on Kindle Unlimited, so you can uh, read them for free as part of your membership. Uh, and uh, also coming in 2023, keep your eye out. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be launching web pages for both the Pagan Pundit podcast as well as for the Crossroads uh, Paganism and Occult podcast. Uh, So that's all going to be coming up very, very soon. So I want to thank you for having me back. I'm going to run down. I'm going to smoke a fatty and have a couple of McChickens for supper. Uh, And uh, I will catch you guys next time on uh, Desperate House Witches. Same bat time, same bat station. Have a good one, folks. Bye. Well, everybody, that's it for this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Hug somebody. (laughs) Try to have a good one. Stay safe. It's still a crazy world out there. Love you. See you next week.